From Sales Loft Podcast, it's No Nonsense Sales with your tour guide through the alphabet wilderness of sales jargon, Tom Boston. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the No Nonsense Sales Podcast, where we take all these phrases and common terms that we hear in sales and we take a look at them and we figure them out together, me and you. Now, today's phrase is objection handling. And I want to start with the three words that salespeople probably hear on a daily basis. It's got to be the most common objection around. I'm not interested. I was a seller for many years and I was very guilty of blaming my buyers when they said they weren't interested. Here are some of the excuses that I've used before. Well, they didn't even give me a chance. They didn't even listen to me. They wouldn't let me explain how I can help them. I've also got two kids, so handling objections is something I deal with a lot. I'm also guilty of blaming them when they object to doing something. They won't give me a chance. They won't even listen to me. They won't let me explain how I can help them. So what's the reason my prospects and my kids won't give me the time of the day? It's not them. It's me. If they aren't interested in what I have to offer them, It's because I haven't created enough value for them to give me their attention. It's not easy with kids or prospects. Neither of them has any time. My kids are constantly watching The Lion King. Prospects are constantly on Zoom calls. Neither of them think that I'm the answer to their problems. My kids know that mum is the real problem solver. And my prospects already have a problem solving solution in place. My kids don't want to be told there's a better way to do something. My prospects are quite happy, thank you very much. Please go away. As sellers, a huge part of our job is actually proving how we can help. So there are some great tips on how you can handle objections from prospects. I'm not sure about handling objections from children. I'm sure there's another podcast for that. Someone please send me it. My guest this week is the CEO and founder of Growth Genie. I invited him on the show because he creates a lot of content about handling objections and he has a really great structure for dealing with common objections. I made the most out of our time together just by firing a load at him and seeing what he comes back with. Here's how I got on with Michael Hansen. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, great one. So in at number one, one of my favourites, is we are using another vendor. So you call someone up and they might tell you that they're using another vendor. Uh, For a lot of people, that might be conversation over. But what is your initial response to that particular objection yeah so for the for the first objection now i'm going to give you the frameworks there's basically a three-step framework that we use um at growth genie and it's acknowledge the objection because often what happens salespeople don't acknowledge the objection they try to fight the objection and pretend it doesn't exist so how that would look is like oh don't worry about that vendor they're rubbish right so but what you want to do is oh great to hear you're using another vendor so that's it that's the first thing is acknowledge the second thing is probe to probe to understand so you're trying to understand the objection versus overcome the objection and how that looks is oh what did you sign up for that vendor for like what are you looking to achieve with that vendor right and then you're getting to understand the needs of it and then after that you come in with a customer story so in the case of a vendor oh there was another company in your industry who were using that vendor but what they realized was they had this problem and they ended up coming to us. So those are the three things. It's the knowledge, the probe, and then the customer story. That's great. So you're almost tackling the objection head on as opposed to sidestepping. And a a word that's often associated to sellers is that word slippery. 
right? We, we've 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 been stuck with that for for years, <laughs> and I think that's where it comes from, right? It it comes from those conversations where oh, this person's trying to dodge and navigate what I'm saying rather than kind of looking straight down the barrel and understanding what I'm saying and kind of hearing it and, and speaking about it. So yeah, that's that's fantastic. All right then. So in at number two, let's see what you've got for this one. Please send me an email. I always think that someone's just not not listening if they send that. But what's what's your gut reaction to just just you you know whatever? Just send me an email. So again, the acknowledge. Happy to send you an email. Some people will be like, oh, I, I don't want to send you an email. Like you never get back to me. Have a call. Don't do that again. It just shows you're not listening. Happy to send you an email. What would you like to see in the email? Now you're going to get two types of responses here. One person may say, give you a really detailed answer and that shows interest. The other person will be like, oh, whatever you got. So you may want to guide them. We got this case study with this industry. We got this ebook, like which one of those would you like to see? So you may need to guide. And then again, say someone says the case study, right? You say, sure, I'll send you over the case study after this. And then what we could do is on Friday, I could actually run you through the case study on a call, right? So you can still get to that call in the end, but you've done that bit in the middle where you've been helpful and shared content with them, but exactly what they want to see on the email. Yeah, I like that a lot because for a lot of people on the phone, send me an email but might be the last thing that you that you say, right? It's almost like you would say that as you're about to hang up, right? Send me an email and the call's done. Whereas actually asking those questions and then bringing out relevant, I think that's the key word, relevant case studies that might catch their attention gives you the opportunity to to delve in a bit more so yeah that's uh that's great uh right we're doing well here you're two for two but how about this one because this has got to throw you off right it's not the right time so if someone's maybe speak to me in six months 12 months but not not right now no way this is not the right time to for that to have this conversation yeah so we imagine it's like right now so we're recording this start start of february um so say oh you know i understand q1 or start of the year is always busy again that's the acknowledge like what are the main things you're going to be working and so they say contact me in three months what are the main things you're going to be working on between now and then right and and see what they say and again what you're trying to do is open them up because typically sometimes when you get an objection the buyer's being very closed and you're just trying to get them to open up. And again, most salespeople don't listen. They try to like slip around the objection, as you said, whereas you're trying to tackle it head on and say, look, if it's not the right timing, totally understand. But what are the things uh, you are working on at the moment? I can give you an actual example that happens in my business. This happens all the time. So sometimes, uh, say I'm speaking to maybe like a CEO or a CRO and a CMO, maybe they're hiring a manager. It could be an SDR manager, a sales manager, and they say, look, your service is interesting, but let's do it in six months because I want to hire a sales manager who's going to work with you first. And I say, how long is it? typically take you to hire a sales manager right and then they may say six months nine months with training and onboarding i say well what's your plan in the meantime and they say well we don't have a plan and then i can present growth genie as something that's going to be a gap in the middle of that plan right so that's kind of how it would work in practice i like that a lot i mean if it is the right time you've kind of you've been very lucky right to to call someone up at exactly the right time and it does happen, don't get me wrong, and I'm sure you'll you'll know this as well more than anyone, Michael. It does happen that you'll pick up the phone and someone will even say those magic words, oh, you couldn't have called at a better time. But for 90% of the calls, it's not the right time. So I would throw this in as well because I'm a big fan of social, as you know. Yeah. I do like this one. 
if it's not the right time just now, how about I send you over the next couple of weeks some content as I'm an active content creator and I've got a few bits of upcoming pieces of content that I think you and your team will love. Very rare for someone to say, don't bother. You know, I would often on the phones get, okay, well, that sounds interesting. Why don't you send me uh, these pieces of content? And then, of course, if it resonates and it goes back to that first word, if it's relevant, it can open up a conversation when the time is right. Yeah, I love that. How about this one then? I'm not the right person. So maybe you've called up someone, you've called the wrong person here. You couldn't have called a, a worse person. I've got nothing to do with that. Uh, you're speaking to the wrong guy. Yep. Tom, tell me more about your role then. Again, try to get to know the person. What I find is people love talking about themselves, right? Generally. So, and often people don't ask them what are they doing in their day to day, right? So they'll be quite happy to, to tell you that. Um, and then again, based on what they tell you, they may, you may figure out they are the right person or you'd be like, okay, based on what they've told me, he's not, and he's not qualified, right? So, but maybe I can then ask who is the right person? What are they working on? So again, just be curious, try and get to know that person, see, see what it is they are working on. And who knows, they might give you a piece of information that takes you one step closer to to having the conversation with the right person as opposed to um yeah not learning anything from them that's why i always used to take from calls have i learned something about the organization or the team exactly it's really important yeah yeah i love that and also i I always say this as well you brought up a great point there which is like you're trying to learn something new from them and you're trying to get them to learn something new from you and i love what you talked around around giving content away that can help their sales team because that goes into the rule of reciprocity which is if i don't try to sell them i try to give them information that can provide free tactics for their team and help them improve if i then ask them for something they're much more likely to say yes because i've already given them something in return yeah that's right because again sales are often attributed to wanting something right like i want your money i want your time but like again if you're getting it right it's a partnership it's about it's about that kind of back and forth now speaking of speaking of money um the b word i'm going to throw the b word at your budget uh makes a lot of sellers quiver in their boots i don't have any budget surely there's no kind of magic words for for this one right but like what what is a a way to confront that one head on yeah so again recognizing it acknowledging it uh understand budgets are tight at the moment the economy is difficult like what are the main things you're investing in at the moment right because sometimes they say they don't have budget but they're always spending on something and again they may let you know that and again it's just you're just trying to open them up get more information out of them and based on what they say there may be actually an avenue you can come into there. So again, it's like, what what are they working on at the moment, right? Because that's another objection or throwing out there. It's like, oh, everything's working great, right? We don't we don't need this because whatever you're trying to solve, it works great. It's like, oh, what's working well for you? And in Growth Genie, we've got this training which is actually on objection handling, and I play a recording where I've cold called someone. And they say, oh, no, like the sales team are doing really well. I'm like, oh, it's great to hear. Well, how, what are the sales team working on? And then he tells me what they're doing well, but then he tells me what they're not doing well. And I literally just ask one question, right? So it's all about that. If you ask one or two questions more versus trying to push in your agenda, often the person will end up open, opening up to you. Yeah, and then kind of knowing that you're you're not just um, a random salesperson who's having a random conversation you're actively learning about what they're doing right so if you learn about their budget then when you call up in three months time you can say hey look i know that you've spent a lot of budget on xyz in the last 12 months right 
that's surely going to catch someone's ear and, and maybe make them more likely to go, oh, okay, this person seems to at least know a little bit kind of about what we do and maybe I'll give them a bit more time because again that's all we want at the end of the day we just want a little bit of time uh well speaking of time um going back into my radio days here speaking of speaking of time we're about to wrap up here uh, but Michael thank you so much for for giving us those those really great um, examples of how you might handle those objections we end with a pump up song every week I, unfortunately, for our listeners, sing the the song. And it's the song that might get you excited and get you ready for a cold calling session. So what's the song that you've brought along, Michael? I just thought it was quite a stereotypical classic one, but like Eye of the Tiger from Rocky. Okay, so first off, that's an amazing song choice. And uh, I'm so, I'm just so glad that you've brought that along. Um, you know, I was going to ask you what it is about the song that you like, but... You know, surely it's just the fact it makes you want to run up some steps, right, and and do some. Yeah, exactly. There's a, a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of like former athletes end up working in sales because they got that kind of motivation and you know getting that rocky on it gives you that kind of like athlete type vibe. So. Love that. Well, I'm all about athlete type vibes. Anyone who's close to me will. Well, no, that to be true, couldn't be further from the truth. But thank you so much, Michael, for joining us on the No Nonsense Sales Podcast and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you so much. So kind. So very, very kind. This is my version of Eye of the Tiger. What a classic this is, and I'm sure you'll enjoy. Are we doing the... Are we doing the bomb, bomb, bomb? No, just the chorus. That's a shame. I had a whole, had a whole beginning plan. No, no, it's fine. No, no, don't, don't look at me like that. It's the eye of the tiger. It's the thrill of the fight. Rising up to the challenge of our rival, and the last known survivor stalks his prey in the night, and he's watching us all with the eye. Wow, really, let the music take control there. To hear that track in full, the way it was meant to sound, bomb, bomb, bombs and all, make sure that you listen to the No Nonsense sales playlist, which is now available on Spotify. And don't forget to subscribe to the No Nonsense sales podcast on your favourite podcast player, or of course, by visiting salesloft.com slash podcast. Podcast.